Welcome back to episode two of I Wonder Wednesday. And today we are looking to tackle the question, can we make superhumans through genetic modification? And to answer this question, I'm joined by the marvellous Mr. Campbell and the rather marvel-less Mr. McComiskey. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Super, Mr. Florence. Yeah, I was fine, Mr. Florence, until I saw you on the screen. Life was good. So slightly less than superhuman than you were saying, Mr. McComiskey. That's good. how you're feeling. Very good. You keep your banner to yourself, son. <laughs> That's probably better for me, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go and let's go and uh, try and establish some of the basics here. So if we're looking at genetic modification, we first need to have a little understanding or recap of DNA. So what is DNA and what does it do? So uh, DNA is the material that carries all the information about how a living thing will look and function. For instance, DNA in humans determines such things as what color our eyes are and how our lung works. Each piece of information is carried on different sections of DNA, and these sections are called genes. Now, all living things, more or less, have DNA as their instructions. And this has got a lot of people wondering, like the person that's asked our question, that could we start looking at changing this DNA, changing this code to improve the organism that it codes for? And there's a few different thoughts people have had on this. Perhaps we could start looking at some of the DNA that makes things like ants incredibly strong for their size, that makes birds able to fly. And then we could take that DNA and put it into the human DNA to enable us to have those attributes. The other train of thought is that perhaps like any code or set of instructions, we could go in and edit them and improve them. So that these instructions produced an even more superhuman. Uh, a final way, I guess, looking a little less genetic and a little less DNA, if we're looking at making superhumans, could be possible physical improvements as well. So instead of changing the DNA, essentially replacing or upgrading parts of the body. So I think now that we've established some of the basics, could we do this? Could scientists do this? Mr. McComsky, do you want to take us away on this one? Well, Mr. Florence, it just occurred to me as you were speaking there and I was looking at the, the, the camera that I don't think we need genetic engineering to enhance us and make us superhuman. All we need to do is harness the power that's in whatever you put in your hair, you know, and <laughs> it's stronger than steel. We, we, we would be superhumans. It would be incredible. Um, <laughs> oh, you knew, I knew you were going to get me back for my initial gamble. Oh, well, carry on, Mr. McComiskey. You just wish you had product to put in your hair. Or here to put in this product. Um, yeah, you have <laughs> product on the planet. There's nothing left. Um, I hoard it like toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess that, that some people may argue that in an abstract sense, scientists can already give superpowers to people. Um, I'll give you a few examples of that. Uh, invisibility. Scientists can take transplant organs from one human and put them into another without them being detected by the immune system. That's incredible to me. In terms of strength, people with muscular dystrophy, which is a, a disease where you get a degradation of muscles, these people can have their DNA edited to restore muscle production in their heart 
to give them a better quality of life. And and, and last, resistance to disease and, and problems. Steps have been taken in China to make people resistant to HIV, smallpox and cholera. And so these things could be described as making people as superhuman or making them into superhuman beings because these are diseases that would quite often kill or certainly affect the quality of life in an individual. And I think that that's something that's quite important to note right from the start here. I know that the person that asked the question probably wasn't thinking along those lines, though. I know that they were thinking more along the lines of being able to make somebody fly or shoot webs like Spider-Man. And these concepts are, are much more tricky to achieve for scientists. As you described before, we could edit the human DNA to, to produce things that perhaps would be shown in other organisms. But if you take the example of flying, to give somebody wings wouldn't be enough. We'd have to give them the hollow bones that birds have. We'd have to give them aerodynamic features, for example, a bunched out sternum or whatever to make them aerodynamic as they fly through the air and to edit so much of a human to give them these features might make them no longer human at all in my view I think that's quite um, quite a pertinent point the, the same for spider power it is definitely possible to give organisms the capacity to make webs we, we show a video with National Fire Biology where they, they modify a goat to be able to produce spider silk in their milk. Um, but spider goat, I like it. Spider goat, exactly. Uh, yeah. But th that goat's not doing what we see Spider-Man do on the television, you know. It can't shoot web webs out of its legs and grab onto buildings and climb up the side, you know. These things are not um, possible right now. And in and, and actual fact, I think we've got to ask ourselves the question, do we even want for it to be possible for us to do those things? Do we want to have it so that our pain receptors don't sense pain? Because, yes, that sounds like a good thing initially, but if our mechanoreceptors, if our pain receptors didn't work, then we wouldn't be aware of things that were wrong with us. If we had disease and we got sick, if we got injured, we wouldn't know that these things were going on in our bodies, and that could lead to, lead to problems further down the line. And so I think that the question here moves on to an ethical one um, that perhaps Mr. Campbell would be best placed to address. Well, I can, I can certainly try. And the, the answer to the ethical question, I guess, or, or maybe why are we not doing this already, unlike some of the possibilities that you mentioned there, Mr. McComiskey, about aerodynamics and, and wings, it, the, the real answer why we're not doing this already it's not that the technology isn't available. Well, it is in some ways, at least to start the process. And if I give you an example, based on couples that go for IVF, then this is where the sperm and the egg are fertilized in a dish. And then the fertilized egg is reinserted back into the female. Before this fertilized egg is reinserted into the female, it's often screened for genetic diseases. You often look at the DNA. Now, this same process can be used to detect other characteristics such as eye colour or even the sex of the offspring. And this would allow individuals to choose a boy or a girl or blue eyes or brown eyes. But is, is this even ethical? But like many medical technologies, you mentioned about curing diseases, Mr. McCormsky, often medical technologies start with the purpose of healing the sick 
and and then it it, it becomes changed and the, the emphasis is then on upgrading the healthy so cosmetic surgeries for example um as an example sorry if we look back it was used as far back as world war one and that was to treat facial injuries so as well as still being used to treat facial injuries it's now used to upgrade the faces of the kardashians and, <laughs> and that of course is the sarcastic use of the word upgrade <laughs> so, so so long as I hope they don't listen to this podcast otherwise they're, they're going to be I'm furious sure they'll, you, they'll send me a strongly worded tweet um, you realise that the 20 people that, that listen to this podcast 10 well, 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 I know it was 23 fans. yeah I don't know who the Kardashians are either. <laughs> anyway um, so, so how long is it then, I guess, is another question, until we upgrade the genet a genetic level, until we start to, to hack the DNA, if you like, because at present that's illegal. It's illegal to replace nuclear DNA, the stuff inside that code that Mr. Florence introduced at the start. But what if it becomes legal? Or, or as Mr. McComsky said, the, in, in China there are advances in this. What if it becomes legal in North Korea and they start to upgrade the immunity or even the intelligence of the next generation? Would we then be forced to question our ethics and, and maybe even open the floodgates in that? But you, you may think that the superhuman stuff, the superhuman DNA or superhuman attributes would be cool. But in fact, the DNA that you have is as superhuman as we've ever been. I mean, the, this genetic code or the genetic algorithm, if you like, inside your cells, it's got a direct line of descent as old as life on Earth. I mean, the fact that we're even alive means that it's been passed from your parents to offspring continually for three and a half billion years. Now, now every time that that's happened, there's been some changes that have occurred in this code, this instruction. We call them mutations. Now, these changes have changed their characteristics over, over time, and they've developed the most supercomputer on, on the most powerful, at least supercomputer on Earth, and, and that's your brain. Now, to me, that makes you the most superhuman to have ever existed. And, and to try to answer your question in another way, and just to finish this, is that in a world where we know a lot about genetics and, and more, than, more than ever, and we're combining that with an increasing knowledge of the revolution of artificial intelligence. I, I suspect that it will be biotechnology that will merge with Silicon Valley as we turn health issues maybe into just mere technical problems. And, and that will be the way that we, we hack the human. But, but who knows really, I guess, is the, is the answer. Um, yeah. When humans, or as we call them, homo sapiens, will live alongside homo super. As we as we might call it, um, or what superhumans may even look like. But I guess to to the person who answered the question, I guess that that time will tell. Yeah, I like it. So basically, you're saying we're all we're all already superhuman mutants, but we can get even better. We're, we're certain, certainly yeah. all mutants. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, well, it's incredible to think that it's incredible to think that we see ourselves as almost computer-like there. A lot of that language was, was phrased around being computer-like. And to think that we already know the neural pathways in the brain and people are thinking about inserting chips into the brain to enhance memory and things like that's quite in, 
are quite scary, quite incredible and scary. And I was reading that Dr. Gareth Webb, who's an eye surgeon from British Columbia, has developed an artificial lens that he can take and give to people um, that have eye problems and allow them to get 20-0 vision. Now, you've probably heard of 20-20 vision, which is probably what we think of as being perfect vision, but they get 20-0 vision, which means that they could read a book from about six metres away, which, which, when you think about it, the writing in a book's tiny. And that, that could be the yeah, way wow. forward to answering the question that's been asked here, and that is that, okay, yes, we could genetically modify an organism and enhance their characteristics, but perhaps... A, a more likely route in our lifetime will be to upgrade our hardware, to, to give us lenses that allow us to see much further or to improve the eyesight in blind people or or to take a limb and make it computerised to give it more strength, more power, more ability to do other jobs, you know, like a Swiss army arm, something along those lines. Um, I like and it. I think that that's probably more likely to happen in the near future than say developing the technology to give somebody the ability to fly or whatever that might be no it's all very interesting stuff and i think you've touched upon a really really exciting area of science which is bioengineering so often when people think of science they start off biology maybe being the, the fluffiest then to chemistry physics maths and engineering right at that other side of the spectrum but here we've got biology and engineering crashing into each other when we're looking at bioengineering things like better lenses for our eyes. In fact, you know, we're looking at bioengineering growing new organs in labs. So like from one of your cells, taking that into a lab and through a whole load of complicated mechanical equipment and a complicated biology, turning that into a brand new heart or a brand new set of lungs for you, um, which I think is just such an incredible field and maybe it wouldn't make us superhumans but you know if you could get a new heart every five years or you know you could get a new set of lungs if something was to go wrong with them well that could prolong life and quality of life for a good length of time which would certainly make me feel quite superhuman so um i think um, unless gentlemen you've got anything you want to add right now we might look to uh, to wrap up with some uh, final final notes yeah so um Going back to our question then, can we make superhumans through genetic modification, Mr. McCormsky, in a nutshell? I think Mr. Campbell hit the nail on the head when he said we've got the, the tools to at least make a, make a start on this. Um, but my, my personal feeling is that the alteration of humans in this way needs to remain firmly fictional. And that making Professor X or Wolverine or Deadpool or the Scarlet Witch, it, it's not an option that we should keep in our scientific focus for now and that purely we should really be doing things for therapeutic value at the moment and, and we leave it there. And, and with that therapeutic value, I think that's exactly where we'll go. And we will still rely on these, these technologies. And as I mentioned, that a merge of computing, or as I said, in biotechnology links with Silicon Valley. And, and we turn these health issues just into technical problems that perhaps one of you listening will be keen on solving at some point. So I think that the future of, of this is the technology's here. It's not going away. It's just how, what we do with that technology will be interesting to see. So you heard it here first. Um, in the future, we're not going to be calling uh, the doctors. If we're done well, we're going to be calling the IT guys and, 
and girls, and they're going to sort us out, yeah? Superb. Well, let's hope it, it works out for us and we get we get those extra years because of it. Right. Um, well, thank you very much for listening. If you've made it this far, um, excellent work, especially if you've done it in both episodes so far. Uh, we'll be sticking out another form to take some questions from you guys and tackling a new one next week. You never know. We might even uh, publish it on a Wednesday instead of a Friday or a Monday like we have the last couple of weeks. But you never know. You never know. Right. Okay. That's all from us. See you next week.